You're listening to the Together Church Podcast. Today, you're going to hear a message from our series, The First Breakfast, where we look at the journey with Jesus and Peter through calling, brokenness, and restoration. We hope you enjoy today's message. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. There was Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and there were the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing, and we'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. And at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. And then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved, said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work. He jumped into the water. He headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat. They pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard, and he dragged the net to shore, and there were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Now after three years together, this wasn't the first invitation that Jesus gave to Peter. But in so many ways, it was the most life-changing. The night of the Last Supper, it brought memories of denial and regret and brokenness burned in Peter's memory. But on this morning, with the sun rising over these crashing waves, this morning brought new mercies and an invitation to redemption. This would become the first breakfast. And when we last see Peter, he's running to the tomb of Jesus to find that it's empty. He hurries back to the rest of the disciples, and he remains with them in a locked room out of fear. And in the middle of the room, the resurrected Jesus is standing before them. But as quickly as he appeared, he disappears. And with this disappearance, the disciples seem to once again lose hope. Now, what were the disciples meant to do now? I mean, for three years... They had been Jesus' closest companions. And now there seemed to be this gaping hole in their lives. And they were left wondering how to fill it. Peter, along with the other disciples, they make a five-day walk back to the region of Galilee. They they go back home. you got to remember, these men were professional fishermen. They once dropped their nets and left all they had to follow Jesus. But now, they once again gathered their nets and they go back to fish. Yeah, they went back to the thing that they knew, fishing. As Peter said in that boat is mine, it just keeps racing back to that night of the Last Supper. Buried in Peter's mind were the memories of his denial of Jesus. He was feeling the weight of paralyzing shame and heartbreaking inadequacies and the messiness of human brokenness. See, Peter felt like a failure. In the darkness, Peter hears the waves hitting his boat. 
each wave just serving as a reminder how he once attempted to walk on these same waters to meet Jesus, but he found himself lacking faith and drowning in these cold Galilean waters. I mean, what would he give to have a restart? If Peter could just do it all over again, what would he do? But just like us, Peter gets it wrong multiple times. But with every time that he gets it wrong, Jesus is there with each step, providing his unconditional love and grace. And in this moment, there was nothing different. He provided his unconditional love and his grace even in this moment. As Peter sits in his disappointment, Jesus makes his way across the shores of Lake Galilee. And this lake has seen its share of miracles. It's from Jesus walking on its water, the calling of the disciples, and even the feeding of the 5,000 just happened on its shores, just to name a few of the miracles. When Jesus speaks to the disciples, his voice, it echoes across the water, and it breaks the silence of the morning. And these disciples didn't immediately recognize his voice. They were far enough out that they couldn't see his face. But the moment those nets were thrown over the right side of that boat and fish began to fill those nets, John recognized that this was Jesus. And Peter clothed himself and jumped out of the boat and quickly made his way to the shoreline to be with his Savior, his friend, his Messiah. Can you imagine the emotions that are going on within Peter? This, this was his chance to seek reconciliation and restoration. Hopefully, Jesus doesn't quickly disappear like the last time the two of them saw each other. And we see that Jesus invites Peter to breakfast, the first breakfast. He says, come and have breakfast with me. This was not the first invitation that Jesus had given to Peter. But in so many ways, it was the most life-changing invitation. And these don't sound like words that could change a life forever. Come have breakfast with me. This is an everyday, ordinary invitation. But on this unforgettable morning, the air, it became full with a life-altering possibility of redemption. This was no ordinary invitation to breakfast. This invitation would become a melody to drown out the shame and the regret that Peter struggled with. This is the story of God pursuing an imperfect disciple. Imperfect disciple, just like you and me. It's a story of grace for people who can't get their act together. A story of transformation and discipleship. But before we can understand the power of this invitation to breakfast, we have to look back at the start of Peter's journey. We have to start back with his first invitation, an invitation to be a fisher of men. Let's look back at when he first met Jesus. Luke tells us one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds began to press in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. You see, Jesus helps himself to Peter's boat. He turns it into a podium, into a pulpit, a place to preach. 
And Peter is sitting in that boat. He's tired. He's been working all night. He's frustrated because he didn't catch any fish. He just wants to go home and get some sleep. Because no fish meant that there would be no money. No money being made that day in the markets. This day is not looking good for Peter at all. And now, instead of going home, the stranger has taken over his boat. Peter's stuck. You know, Peter's life is about to be transformed, and he doesn't know it. I mean, he's about to learn that transformation happens in all steps of obedience, and obedience is about to happen with the stranger. Now, I want to show you what I mean. The Bible continues, Luke says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch fish. Master Simon replied, We worked hard all last night. We didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down my nets again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners to the other boat, and soon both boats were so filled with fish, and they were on the verge of sinking, the Scriptures say. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. This is an itinerant rabbi saying to a professional fisherman, let me teach you how to fish. I've just hijacked your boat. I've just ruined your day. I've just stolen your sleep. Now let me teach you how to do your job. Not only that, I want you to put out into the deep water. So Peter, he's like, let's get away from the shore, which is normally where we fish because that's where the fish are. But Jesus takes him away from the safety and the comfort of the shoreline and places him out into the deep water. Also, Peter, let's fish in the middle of the day. And this didn't make sense because the middle of the day, this is the time of day where nobody's fishing. It's why they were done. It's why Peter had cleaned his nets. It's why the boat was parked, because the fish aren't biting this time of day. Jesus is saying to him, Peter, I want to get you away from the other people. I want to get you into the middle of the lake to get you to the quiet. I want to get you to the place where you're away from the people and away from the crowds. You know, here's what I think Jesus was doing. And it might be what Jesus is doing in your life right now. Jesus is taking Peter away from the noise. He's taking him away from the busy. He's isolating Peter so he can speak to him. You know, isolation is often the place of preparation. Isolation is often the place where we meet Jesus or where he takes us deeper into a relationship with him. And Jesus tells Peter to cast his freshly clean nets and toss them back out into the deep. And Peter reminds him that he fished all night. Nothing was biting. But Peter's obedient. Peter takes Jesus at his word. He, he moves the deeper water. He casts his nets out of desperation. Maybe, just maybe, something will happen. And this moment of truth built not around a moment of clarity, but it was built around a step of faith. It changes the course of Peter's life. Because when Peter begins to lift the nets out of the water, the net is being weighed down with an abundance of fish. 
And Peter immediately responds to Jesus. Immediately. I mean, just for a second, close your eyes and picture this 27-foot-long fishing boat, seven and a half feet wide with live fish just flapping around everywhere. And Jesus looking at Peter with a look on his face like, eh, I told you. And Peter's bowing and turning a fish-filled boat into a place of worship. His statement was, depart from me. I'm not worthy. I recognize that you're God and you're the Lord, and I'm unworthy. I'm just a sinner. By the way, this is the first time the word sinner is used in Luke's gospel. But Peter says, Lord, just get away from me. Get away. It's what all the rabbis had said to Peter. Peter wasn't good enough to make the cut as a rabbi. It's what every Jewish boy wanted to be. But he wasn't good enough. So he took up his father's trade of fishing in hopes that one day he would have sons that could become rabbis. And I love Jesus' response when he says, just leave. Jesus says, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere, Peter. It's the same response to us too. Because recognizing our brokenness is not a disqualifier for discipleship. It's actually, it's actually a prerequisite. And that, that's where Jesus takes Peter to. Peter expects condemnation, but he gets grace. And he receives the calling of becoming a fisher of men. Now follow those nets. Peter is washing the nets. He's dropping them. He's pulling them up. They're breaking, and now he's leaving them. The nets, they're the picture of everything that his life was. These nets are his identity. They are his security. It is his occupation. And when he sees Jesus, Peter leaves it all and walks and follows. Hmm. This is the start of Peter's journey of transformation and discipleship. There's a lot to learn from this encounter, but just as it is for Peter, it is for each one of us that Jesus changes everything. We don't have to have it all together. Yes, it's going to be messy. Yes, things aren't going to make sense sometimes. Yes, we may be uncomfortable. But Jesus will guide us and walk with us every step of the way. He will never leave or forsake. In the highest of the highs, and the lowest of the lows, the promise of God is he will be with us. Jesus, Emmanuel, God, with us. This is foundational concept. It sets the tone for the entire relationship between Jesus and Peter and in our relationship with God as well. This invitation to Peter is also our invitation that God is calling us to a life that is aligned with him, that is a life that is led by the power of the Holy Spirit, a life that will be used to bring glory to God and to God alone. This is Peter. This is his invitation, and it is our invitation that God is calling us He's putting us in the places of isolation to speak loud so that we can become everything that he is calling us to be. The question is, will we be obedient and heed to the calling that he has asked of us? Father, we thank you so much for today. I just pray that we will hear you, that we will be in tune with your Holy Spirit, that your Spirit will move within our lives and bring conviction to the places that need to be convicted and would bring brokenness and heal us, Father. 
that we can follow the calling that you've placed on our lives to give you glory. That is the chief end of man, is to give you glory. So, Father, I just pray in our obedience that we will walk in step with your Spirit and that you and you alone will be glorified in everything that we do. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Together Church podcast. For more information on Together Church, you can find us on the web at wearetogether.church. Thanks again for listening.